That's the purpose for the new beginning in Christ, when God does away with the old fallen state in our lives. That's where lives are changed, transformed, renewed, and regenerated. Those of us that have truly come to Christ all started as something very different. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be sharing about a new beginning in Christ. What God has to offer through Jesus Christ cannot be found in anyone or anything else. Every person that comes through God through Jesus Christ can experience a new beginning, a fresh start, a beginning with no end. Jesus, our Messiah, came to this earth with the purpose to change our lives forever, that through Him, every person could have the opportunity to start over and be transformed through the work of the Holy Spirit and the ministering of His Word. Today's message is based on the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. Let's look together at what God's Word has to say about this. Let us pray. Lord God, blessed Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, O Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation, O Lord, that we can find through him, for the forgiveness of sins, for a beginning with no end that we have through him, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you are truly good, because you are truly, Lord God, merciful in every kind of way. Heavenly Father, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your anointing. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may speak to our hearts and minds. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us to be ready and able, Lord God, to listen, to understand. Heavenly Father, to take in. I pray, O Lord, for everyone that's listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, for a special understanding in them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today can be found in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. This is the word of the Lord. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, if you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions, who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, Upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscription, says the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, 
everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. Whether people understand it or not, the greatest miracle that could ever happen is the new beginning that is possible through Christ. There is no greater miracle, no greater work, nothing that can have more significance or greater impact to all mankind than what Jesus came to do on the earth for us. There is no amount of money that compares to this. There is no human relationship or pleasure that could ever exist that can compare to what God Almighty did for us through the Lord. If there is something people need to understand is this, that every person has a soul and it is dead in sin and that will remain dead forever if they don't find their way to Jesus, to the new beginning he came to give. It is more and more visible that one of those things that society is trying to do away with is the concept of sin. People are trying to make the concept of sin disappear. Quite frankly, most people are trying to redefine right and wrong by creating parameters that are clearly outside of what the Bible teaches. And one of the ways they do this is by judging things on the idea of noticeable consequences, or at least the consequences that are willing to acknowledge, because everything that we do has consequences, whether people want to acknowledge them or not. One thing that society says that is wrong today is killing another human being, for instance. That is seen as sin to them, as something wrong and terrible, and quite honestly, it is wrong and terrible. But yet, many have to come to justify and reason that even under certain conditions or certain circumstances, that killing someone is acceptable if it suits their needs and if it is somehow widely accepted by the general population. One instance of this is abortion. And I know that this is a very controversial topic, but we have been instituted by the Lord to speak about his truth, not necessarily about what the general population accepts. In 2018, in the United States, 619,591 abortions were reported to the CDC. So those are the ones we know and have record of. In contrast, since the rise of the COVID pandemic in the United States, there have been over 555,000 deaths recorded over the past year or so. 555,000 people died due to COVID, and the nation and the entire world is in a state of utter emergency, spending literally trillions of dollars to help deal with the pandemic, to deal with economic impacts, ultimately to deal with something that has changed our existence as it stands today. Yet, over 619,000 children were killed, and there are no riots, no nations falling apart, not even a batting of an eye in most people. Actually, quite the contrary. Abortion is celebrated by many, many people. And so the point is that sin has been turned into something like beauty, and that like beauty, it's all in the eye of the beholder. If a group of people sees sin as something acceptable or that it makes sense to them somehow, then it is okay. It's a way of life. It's a choice. It's a lifestyle. It's an expression. But the truth is, and as it has been said time and time again, reality does not care about our opinions, about what we think, about what society finds acceptable or not acceptable. Reality does not care about political colors or platforms. Reality is quite dismissive of everything we want to think about. Do you doubt this? Well, there is something inevitable that every single human being will face someday, and that is death. Death is inescapable. If you can't buy or cheat your way out of it, 
You can't develop a diet and exercise routine that will help avoid it. There are no magic pills, no super vitamins. Every single one of us will one day die. That's reality, my friends, whether we like it or not. The only question is when and how it will happen for each of us. And this is why it happens. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. And Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is mankind's reality. Whether we like it or not, or whether we want to accept it or ignore it or rebel against it, our sin will one day wind up killing us, bringing about our physical end. And it will happen to everyone without exception, for all have sinned. No one deserves to go to heaven. No one can be good enough to go to heaven. No one can live eternally all on their own. And the answer is because no one has the cure for sin's eternal consequences. And I should clarify by saying no human has the answer nor the power within them to be able to deal with sin's ramifications and results. As we read in today's key passage, only God can grant a genuine new beginning, a fresh start, a beginning without an end, like he did with Joshua, the high priest. But this is not something that is an automatic, if you will. There is no way a person should think that they deserve to be a child of God or to have salvation and so on. If God is allowed for there to be a way to salvation, it is only because of his good grace. That's why he is good, because he has done something out of the goodness of his heart, something unmerited or unearned. He has created something without any kind of obligation. As Ephesians says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And Romans chapter 6 also says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see, we are like that Joshua, the high priest. Our positions or our human standings don't matter to God. And why should they? What are we before God? Just as it is written, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? And so, what is that we must do to have this gift, this new beginning, this fresh start? The Bible explains that for there to be a new beginning, then there must be a definite end, like the seed of a plant or a tree that for there to be life, the seed must die. Does that mean that we have to physically first die so that we can be saved? Not exactly. According to the Bible, we are taught that we must die to ourselves and that through there must be repentance from sins, a complete turning away or conversion from sins. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 3, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come, therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And so, and like we've said before, God doesn't care about the position or place you might think you have, whether Joshua was a high priest or whether these were Pharisees and Sadducees, which were high-powered religious people. The first thing that God cares about is a person bearing fruits worthy of repentance. What does that mean? It's not just about saying that you're sorry or to ask for forgiveness. 
It's about a person turning away from their sin, turning away or converting from their sins, meaning that they have made a wholehearted decision to change their lives before the Lord and that this repentance can be visible to both God and man. There needs to be a true change. Then, and only then, can a person attain forgiveness from the Lord. We understand this also through what Jesus spoke about when he taught Nicodemus about being born again. Jesus said this, and Jesus answered to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He said that a person needs to be born of water and the Spirit so they can enter into the kingdom of God. Now, being born of the water is not what some refer to as the believer's baptism, which happens as a step of obedience after a person has decided to follow Jesus Christ. The baptism that he is mentioning here is John the Baptist's baptism, the baptism of repentance. John the Baptist's entire ministry was dedicated to preparing the way for the Lord. If there was no John the Baptist's baptism, there would have been no Messiah. John was the forerunner, if you will. The following was prophesied about John. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. And then, this is what was also written about John in Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came to prepare the way of the Lord, and that happens through repentance. That is the only way a new beginning can occur. That's the whole purpose of John's ministry, and that is the baptism Jesus mentioned, the baptism of repentance. And that's why it was done publicly, just like we mentioned before, because it needed to be a dying to self that was evident publicly for God and everyone else to see it. One of the major reasons for why Jesus came to this earth is so that we could have a new beginning, a transformation or regeneration from our fallen natural state. According to the Bible, every single one of us is born with sin. It's a part of our nature because our nature is a fallen nature. In Psalm chapter 51, 5, it says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. That's our reality. The only difference between a small child and an older person with regards to sin is that the small child is not yet fully conscious of the wrong they do. But when someone becomes older, then they are conscious and they sin willfully, knowing right from wrong through their conscience, because every single person is born with a conscience. And when we sin willfully, we are liable for that sin. And that is what Jesus came to free us from. This is the greatest miracle known to mankind because it is something we cannot resolve ourselves for ourselves. Jesus came to give us a new beginning. He came to do away with our sins. And this is life and promise that we have through Christ. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That is why it is so important to deal with sin. We need to acknowledge, confess it, repent and convert from it. We can't ignore sin or pretend like it is not important. Because if it is not dealt with conclusively prior to coming to Christ, then there can be no salvation, no regeneration, no transformation, and least of all, no indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And if you do come to Christ, but you somehow let sin have its way with you again, if you don't deal with it, Satan will always have something against you. He will always have a stronghold in your life. And when Satan has a stronghold in your life, you are not free to live out God's purpose. And if you are not living out God's purpose in your life, then is God really working in you? You always need to remember, salvation in Christ must always have a purpose in our lives, and that is to fulfill God's purpose, to do those things He has called us to do, those things that perpetuate life. For it is also clearly stated in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is why sin must always be dealt with from the moment we come to Christ and throughout our entire life. That is why there needs to be a complete repentance always, a desire to turn away from sin as the Holy Spirit sheds His light on what needs to change as time goes by through the Word of God. That is what it means to take up your cross and follow Christ daily. You let God continually deal with your sin as He aims to make you more and more like Jesus. This is how the transformation occurs, how a person changes from their fallen state into a transformed and ever-changing, renewed state. We need to die to our old self. When we die to our old self, to our original sinful state, then we are truly taking advantage of the new beginning we have in Christ, the new life we can find through the power of His blood and His Holy Spirit. Jesus came to this earth for many reasons, but one of the most important was to give life. Just like He said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's the purpose for the new beginning in Christ, when God does away with the old fallen state in our lives. That's where lives are changed, transformed, renewed, and regenerated. Those of us that have truly come to Christ 
all started as something very different. I can speak of myself. When I came to Christ, I was a mere shadow of a person, a broken and empty human being without any hope, without anything to cling on to, feeling completely alone and helpless in the world. I held on to things that had no life in them, praying to things that could not help me or hear me or even see me. Even though I had a family, it was just an appearance because it was all falling apart and there was nothing I could do. Before coming to Christ, I was even quite sick and according to the doctors, not too far away from my own end. And included in all of that, even though I was very young, I did many things that were wrong before God and I did them knowingly. I was a sinner. That was my past. That was the way the Lord found me. I was nothing and I had nothing. But when I came to Christ by repenting and converting from all of my sins and I surrendered my life to His Lordship, everything changed. I could sense that something great happened in my life. I was no longer the same. God changed my life, gave me a new beginning in Christ and to add to His goodness to me, He did perform a physical miracle. He did heal me miraculously. If it wasn't for the Lord, I would not only be lost spiritually, but I would have died a long time ago. He gave me a new beginning, a new hope. I don't know where you find yourself today, friend. I don't know if you have yet experienced God's redeeming power as we can see it in the pages of the Bible where men and women were completely changed and transformed. But I urge you to make that decision for Christ. Repent and convert from all of your sins and ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and make him the Lord of your life. If you do that wholeheartedly, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest miracle will happen when your soul is regenerated through Christ and you will start to experience God how He wants you to experience Him. I challenge you to commit your life to Christ so you too can have a new beginning. Let us pray. Lord God, blessed Father, creator of heaven and earth, loving God. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, because you have nothing but good intentions for us. You desire our best, Lord. Thank you, O Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for giving us the opportunity of a new life, a new beginning, a transformation, Lord God, through Him. Heavenly Father, thank you because you want to give us eternal life. You want to grant us eternal rewards. You want to do great things in each and every one of our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that we must repent and convert from all of the wrongs that we have done. And Heavenly Father, that we must have a heart that is always soft before you, willing to understand what is wrong and to be able to turn away from it. Help us, O oh Lord, to be sincere with you and with ourselves. Help us, O oh Lord, to be sensitive to you, Lord God. Lord, help us to do away with our pride of trying to justify our sin or trying to hide it somehow. Help us, O oh Lord, that we may be able to deal with the wrong that is still in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, to be transformed and renewed through Jesus Christ. I pray for every person that's listening, Lord God. 
I pray, O oh Lord God, especially for those that have yet to come to have that relationship with you through Jesus Christ. I pray, O oh Lord, that you may touch their hearts and make it clear to them what they must do so that they too can be saved and enjoy you and experience you as you want to be experienced in them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes Store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.